Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the O Show podcast, episode 428 of the podcast, presented by betonline.ag. Sign up for that 50% bonus only at betonline.ag. We are talking NFL and Major League Baseball playoffs. The postseason is rocking and rolling, Zach. I mean, we're live from our houses right now. Uh, you, I see you got my Warriors hat on right now. That's kind of yes. weird, but I'll yes. allow it. Uh, you, you gave it to me, so that was uh, that's to your own fault. But yes, yes, it is. Uh, last we checked, we were in dinner. Uh, Astros looked like they were about to go up three-two. Did they not? I didn't see the end results. Is that? I'm assuming the, the Astros were up now. big time. Uh, probably something we should have checked before we came on. The, the Houston Astros are up three-two in the series after defeating the Red Sox nine-to-one today. So it wasn't even close. The Red Sox Ooh. came out smoking in Game Three. Kyle Schwarber hits the grand slam. They go up two games to one. Um, Rafael Devers, TK Hernandez is having a postseason like you wouldn't believe. Uh, he's up there with the all-time greats, David Ortiz, one of them in, in Red Sox lore. Uh, mm. But the Astros uh, had a nice win. They, they put up, I think, like seven runs in the ninth inning mm. for game four to tie the series. And then it wasn't even close today. Chris Sale on the mound, do or die game five, absolutely shat the bed. And the Houston yeah. Astros are one game away from their third World Series in the last six years. Uh, at least not quite as dominant, but again, I don't know how that ended. But last I checked, the score uh, Braves were up three nothing. Uh, it looked like last I checked. I don't know how that game ended, but that yeah, the Bra- the Braves are also one game uh, away from the World Series. So they wow. won their match against the Dodgers with their match. There, uh, we interviewed a wrestler today. <laughs> the game they game. won. They there won nine go. to two. So the the Astros won nine to one. Oh. The Braves won nine to two. Uh, they put up Neither four runs in the ninth close. inning at Chavez Ravine at Dodger Stadium. Uh, this was not a, at all what I expected. I After game three, I'm like, or, I was with you. We, we mm-hmm. were doing a podcast together. I was watching the game in, in our in our uh, studio's video room. Yes. And they were, I mean, they were just kicking ass. I thought, okay, the Astros are done after this. The Sox are at Fenway. Uh, they got two more games at Fenway. I could easily see them wrapping it up here. And the offense went radio silent the last two days at Fenway. Now they're going back to Houston down by one game, do or die with their whole season on the line. And the Braves, on the other hand, are just, I think, the best team in this postseason by far mm-hmm. in the National League as far as the National League is concerned. Uh, the Dodgers got their work cut out for them because uh, they have to go into game five to at very least make make it go back to Atlanta at three games to two. However, yeah. we were in this exact situation I was about, last about to year, say, yeah, right? they were they down 2-0 last and year, they, they were back. down 3-2. Well, yeah, 3-1. Now, granted, granted, it was in a neutral place at Globe Life Field in Dallas, mm-hmm. Texas. This year, they're going to have to go back and win two games in Atlanta yes. after winning one more in L.A. So I, I, I honestly think it's the Braves' year, finally. I mean, the Dodgers had a great year, a great series win against the San Francisco Giants. Um but it's looking like it could be Braves Astros at this point. Yeah. Are you? What, what do you think? What odds would you put on either one or both series somehow getting to a game seven? But and the, and we get a full full ALCS, full NLCS before those years. Do you think those games are wrapping up in game five or six? Eat both respectively. How so they're both this? going to game six, and mm-hmm. well, the Dodgers have to force a game six. Game, that's game what I'm five saying. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, the Braves have the over or they have the under 
to win this series in five games. Uh, the Astros have the over as well to wrap it up in game six in Houston. I mean, I think the Astros have momentum. I could see them wrapping it up quickly. Um, their offense has been firing on all cylinders the past 18 innings where the Red Sox just seem lost all of a sudden. They, they look so good two days ago. Mm-hmm. would almost pick them to win the World Series two days ago. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. That's baseball. Um, the Braves, I think, will ultimately win this Dodgers series. Uh, I think the Dodgers after their game three heroics win another game at home before they uh, pack it up in Atlanta, I could see them forcing a game six. I, I'd go Dodgers in game five and Astros in game six. And then you think the, okay, so both of those end before game seven, we'll get a game seven and either CS. That's, that's interesting. As you know, we talked about, you know, how wild in terms of the number of grand slams, the number of game, like, sevens or game fives we've had like in the past couple of years in the postseason it'll be interesting to have uh neither cs series go to a game seven this year and you know normally that is the case but it just feels weird you know the new normal with the way last panel be season so i'll be excited i think it uh, sucks so much that last year there were two game sevens and nobody actually really got to enjoy it at the yes, stadium um, like it was really, really uh, nerve-wracking to see the Astros, who were down 3-0 to the Tampa Bay Rays, come back and win three straight to force a Game 7. No mm-hmm. team in history has ever done that except the Boston Red Sox against the Yankees back yes. in 2004. And given that it was their cheating year, too, where everybody mm-hmm. found out that they stole signs, that would have been just heartbreaking to watch uh, them go back to the World Series. And then on the other side, the Dodgers and Braves series, I thought was the best series uh, Cody Bellinger hits the huge home running game seven in the eighth inning Dodgers win it. Then they go on to win the world series, but time will tell. I mean, there's game six, there's a game five. They're not over yet. Mm-hmm. If last year was any inclination, the Dodgers could easily come back in this series. Uh, I, I just think the Houston Astros are too much for the Red Sox right now. I think they're too inconsistent. They were w- widely inconsistent all season long squeaked into the postseason and all of a sudden you know once you're in everything changes anything could happen mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happened leading up to game three but i don't know they just have looked like a completely different team like the dime has turned you know the past two days so uh i fully expect to see an astros team making it to represent the al and uh as much as i want the braves to go i do think they're going to win the series i don't think it's over i don't think the dodgers are going to take it lying down mm-hmm. No, speaking speaking of that, as we draw close to the end of this uh, MLB season, uh, we got some rule changes that are uh, this the minor league season gets underway. There's some rule changes that they're uh, testing out in some of the different um, uh, minor leagues. And uh, as a casual MLB fan, I kind of wanted to give my opinion on some of them. As someone's a casual. MLB fan, and then you as a more diehard MLB fan, kind of see if any of these rules appeal to both demographics. And so I'll start with this first one. This is for uh, all AAA leagues, and it is a slightly larger bases with less slippery surfaces. I believe they'll all be the diamond. I believe each uh, each uh, side of the four-sided diamond, I believe they'll each be about a half inch longer, if uh, I'm remembering uh, correctly, and then they'll be made with the material to make them less uh, slippery. Uh, I th- I think that's good. I think, you know, if someone can get all the way to that, that sort of, like, slipperiness of it and, like, having it bigger, just that tiny bit bigger, I enjoy it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Obviously, that's one of the I, I don't – like, the, to me, that's not news. Really? Putting the bases back a little bit. Like, to me, like, kudos to MLB for, like, trying and minor league baseball for trying new things, but, like, you're – that's, like, baby steps. 
Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand, like, if you're going to change something, like, actually make a big change, like, finally giving minor league baseball players housing that's going to be funded by that the major really, league organizations, mm-hmm. right? But, at the like, I don't, like, I don't consider that news. Like, that's, that's a baby, baby step when it comes to not only player safety, but making the game of baseball interesting to the average fan, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that's what Jesse Cole, the Savannah Bananas, does so well with, you know, Banana Ball. He has, like, a two-hour yes. time limit. Like, no matter what happens, you only get two hours of time, which is interesting. Like, I don't know how that works. I'd have to watch mm-hmm. a game. But it, it's definitely a different dynamic that a lot of baseball fans, at least down south in Savannah, Georgia, are seeming to dig. They love it. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of other things that I feel like minor league baseball could try out to eventually see if Major League Baseball would want to adapt to those certain rules, yeah. even though, to me, the traditional baseball fan loves the, the game the way it is, you know? Like, the mm-hmm. average fan might think it's boring, but if I'm speaking honestly and truthfully, like, I love baseball the way it is. I could sit down and yeah. watch a four-hour, ten-inning game because it's exciting. It's mm-hmm. exciting to a traditional baseball fan, maybe not an average baseball fan like yeah. yourself. Mm, uh, to me, that one, I agree with you. That one's a bit minor. Like, it, it intrigues me a little bit, but there's nothing that speaks out to me. Uh, next couple ones uh, I think are a little bit more interesting. Uh, this is for all double-A. A uh, requirement that all four in, infielders have their cleats within the outer boundary of the infield dirt when the pitch is delivered. So, no, basically, no infielder can be uh, kind of any part of their cleat outside of the uh, out infield dirt. They can't be pushed back into that, you know, that you know, real it real deep in uh, infield. I kind of like that. I think because some of the things that I enjoy, because obviously home runs are always exciting, but kind of the idea of getting those like uh, in park doubles or in park uh, and tr- even some in park triples. The idea that you don't have an infielder that is aware that they go for like to go with those not buns, but you know just those like in park uh, good uh, good base hits. The fact that like infielders can't quite. Um, take advantage of that as as much because again, it's just start the pitch. They're allowed to go in as soon as the pitch is thrown, so they can be you know right on the outside of it. So I like that rule. I like starting it in Double A first as opposed to starting that rule in Triple A. You know, because that's a pretty I think a bit more of a drastic change than the first one. So see, like doing that at a lower level first. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? To, on that? to me, again, like I, I I put that in the same boat as that first rule. Like why, like that might not change anything like there's a mm-hmm. good chance that that will literally does not change, change anything mm-hmm. that's basically all i have to say about it because like it's just you could easily lay down a sacrifice minor. button someone still throw you out at first base in plenty of time it doesn't matter if, if their cleats are touching the dirt or not mm-hmm. that's fair again that's why i'm not opposed to these if there's such minor changes that's why there but that's all fair um next one uh acquirement that pitchers must stop step off the rubber to attempt a pickoff or I get, or other words, steal. I'm curious your thoughts on that one. Cause I, they have to step off the rubber first before they even throw the baseball mm-hmm. to attempt to pick off according to this. And that is all high a is where that will be tested. That'll be tough, especially for left-handed pitchers when they try to pick off at first base, like that eliminates a huge strategical thing that they're able to do because a lot of lefties have a great move and where they could just look at home plate, lift their right leg and Mm -hmm. then just step to first base while their back foot is still on the rubber or at least right in front of the rubber. Mm -hmm. So that'll definitely take away some really good pickoff moves. 
but they're able to um, use. Yeah, I, I think that one's kind of hurting the game a little bit. Again, not a drastic change, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's only one way to find out. We got to see what, what happens. Yeah, I, I'm just not in love with any of these moves, even though they're like so ridiculously small that I don't think you're going to even notice them. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Uh, next one is very similar. This one is going to be in all the low A leagues. Uh, a limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. I love that rule, actually. That's, that was finally the, got me. That, mm-hmm. that, that, that rule. I figured this oh, is the that, one we both agree on. I, was, I, I know I was more uh, adversarial. I don't think that'll speed throw. up the game so much. I mean, there's so many other things that slow down the pace of play during a baseball game, but that will mm-hmm. definitely... Oh, Dude, so many times, especially in like yes. big situations, like bottom of the eighth inning, two outs, runner on first, four, three game, just like 11 throwovers in a row, like the crowd mm. just booing that guy. Out of the yes. building. Yeah, I, I never liked that. That never built anticipation for me. That was just annoying. All right, one of four. One of one. We found one of four. We agree on. Let's go. Yep. We found one of four. Uh, I got two. And we more. never agree on anything. <laughs> no, we don't. Especially, uh, especially this. You know, again, being casual and hardcore fan. I already got two more uh, ones left. At least that they're currently. There's more proposals coming down the pipe as the new season goes. But these are the ones that they've already said are being implemented. Uh, next one. Um, 15 second pitch clock, and this is in the low A West only minor leagues. They're testing this one. I feel like they've been doing pitch clocks for a while now, and it's just it, never it was 30 seconds. If they've been to the so the previously, I think I can't remember what year they previously tried 30 seconds and stuff like that. So they're trying 15 because a lot of times with 30, that only stops the ones where like people get annoyed, like they don't happen anyway. 15, you're actually kind of you know forcing some level of that and from my opinion and, and correct me if uh, if i'm wrong or if you disagree to me it creates a different level of strategy because there's less communication the pitcher has with the catcher less time for it so to me it comes more of like when you know the person's up to bat you kind of have to it's more pre-planning more pre-strategy as opposed to on the at bat appearance strategy and i don't and to me you're just trading one thing for another i think it'd be interesting i I think it leads to to I think it could lead to more offense. It could be more exciting. I don't know enough. Correct me if I'm wrong about how if that assessment of this rule or anything or you feel Yeah, I mean it really at the end of the day eliminates the pitcher's ability to just walk around and dick around the circle before he's able to finally throw a pitch after like a 40 second break in between pitches. So mm-hmm. I love that too. Like you're going to have to have a sense of urgency moving forward and really get on the same page with your battery mate, your catcher and pitcher duo in order to be on yeah. the same page mm-hmm. day in and day out. Like for a guy like a Garrett Cole or Chris sale, that might be not huge of an adjustment, but for the average number Pitch three, for, number four mm-hmm. starter, like that could, that could pay big dividends down the line. That could really really mess with their rhythm so that that one's i'm very excited to see right two out of five one last comment on that one though before we go 40 percent uh, last one yeah before we uh go to the uh last uh last one one other thing is do you think that'll affect uh the way managers um handle like relief at all assuming that like they are throwing 
every 15 seconds, like a pitcher, like they're winning down. So like sometimes they take that extra time, not just for a strategy, but, you know, get a little rest when, you know, they're big, you know, the fourth man, the lineup, the big hitters come, they need to know, they need to have their fastball ready. Do you think that'll affect the way the number of average pitches before a reliever comes in? Do you think it affects men's or do you think I'm looking too deep into that one? I'm, 50 I'm, seconds sure, there, I'm sure there's going to be a loophole when it comes to game seven of the world series bases loaded two outs. Mm-hmm. And they expect That's them to throw within 15 seconds. I guarantee you there's going to be a loophole there. Like okay, there's going to be certain times during the games where you're allowed to take a little extra time. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked. I wouldn't okay. be shocked to see them add like maybe a three strike penalty on that to where managers mm-hmm. are allowed to save up and be like, okay, give them an extra 30 second rest here. We'll take the strike. That would be cool. I one. like that. Cause then you decide, okay, does my, when does my pitcher need the extra? I actually really, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah. I, I and I don't think that'd be too complicated. No. Like, you look at all these different rules, like, oh, there's rules inside of rules now, but, like, I think that one would be something that I think a lot of baseball fans could get it's, behind. It's easy to follow. And, and, like, me as a casual fan, one of the few things I like about baseball is the number crunching aspect of it. I think that, me, you know, the money ball sort of side of baseball, yeah. that's something that appeals to me even more. And then the last one, um, it's a pretty simple rule, but I think uh, – I think it depends on age and uh, how big of a baseball fan on how you feel about it. This is being tested in a uh, low a Southeast minor leagues only. Uh, and it is the automatic ball strike system. So for behind the plate, the behind the plate up, I don't, I think that they're still going to keep um, so, you know, for a second, third, I, uh, right. They're, they're just third. not going to have any control. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They're basically there just to give the call now. Yes. And then, but there's, will be no ump uh, behind home plate it will just be um computer that with can calculate the box and it'll be a uh, ball or strike so but they won't not as strategic because they're keeping the umps at first second third they're not doing automated you know say safer out at first second or third yet but at home plate uh ball strike system uh automated uh i love this uh i'm the i'm the, i feel this way about best i feel this way about certain rules in basketball. I feel this way about certain ways in football. And it's such a controlled sport like baseball where you can do it in so many regards. I enjoy it. I get in like sports. I love like basketball, football. You can't do it for everything. But I think in a sport where you have the ability to take human, like the human error of a, of, of a ref or an ump out of the game and let just the these two teams of just these most hardworking, dedicated athletes, let it be up to them and not someone's you know human judgment on a ball going you know 90 miles per hour like at like you know minimum usually i i i enjoy this rule so i'm a fan who determines what's a strike in a ball though it's the computer it is so basically they want to cut so basically the way it's going to be it's going to use infrared technology so basically over the plate it'll be it'll calculate the distance up and down and then basically it'll infrared the infrared camera will be filming right behind uh, right in right at the uh right below the pitcher's mound and right uh in front of home plate uh both filming respectively this direction uh and basically infrared cameras infrared lights behind the catcher and again behind the pitcher's mound we'll do that and we'll be able to calculate so it's kind of, kind of, so sort of the same thing you see on tv but even more like you know sometimes on tv they'll show where in the nine square you know pitcher's box it was whether it was out or stuff like that just using infrared technology so it is uh, very accurate. It just comes down to the fact that sometimes I don't know. Some people, some some my uncle hates this uh, person. Or 
at one point hated it. I don't know if he still hates it. Because uh, his idea, whole deal was that, like, sometimes the idea of getting it right near the out, but trying to, like, bait them, there's some, like, strategy in that, knowing knowing about the ump. But I, I don't like strategies that play to that. So I'm, I'm completely for this automated ball strike system. Yeah, I mean, it should be interesting to see because – it's never been done before, and I'm very curious mm-hmm. to see the players and how they react to the actual system and if they actually argue anything in the future if this were to take over in the next five years or so. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, it's not a 100% guarantee that they're going to like the strike and ball ratio of this computer. No, absolutely. Even, despite it being – because, yeah, there's one thing there's like what was what is, you know – technically accurate and what has been baseball accurate for for you know the hundreds of years the game has played even if technically a ball is you know a strike or a ball no ump has ever called it that you know 100 years then people it's like well this isn't the same game i get technically it was you know ball or strike so it'll be interesting but that's why i like how they're starting it you know in low a and only in the south east region you know certain a very small you know sample size and you know so like some of the other rules we talked about earlier were like all triple a and all double a this one it's starting low a just one region so i think that'll be more interesting so uh let's think about about half of them we agreed on i think about three of the six we came to an agreement on so i i like that you know i just Good like for us mm, i like that the mlb is trying new things uh i like that you know when leagues you know as old as the mlb still try innovate uh, the game without while well, still sick and hard to die hard fans. So I appreciate that. So that's our MLB uh, coverage. Uh, what do you want? What are we talking about next, Jackie boy? Uh, I think it's halftime. I think we got MLB halftime. out of the way, which mm-hmm. means it is time for the Michael Sarah halftime show. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. buddy. As Gosh. we play our Michael Michael Sarah halftime show graphic. Uh, what do you got for us this week? Last week we had Robin, Robin Cote, our studio producer, our audio producer, come in, sit on the couch with us, and kind of briefly explain how she met him once, and you loved mm-hmm. that. You just ate all of that up yes, because you are such a big Michael Sarah fan. But what did what did you find this week? Uh, this week, so it looked like um, roughly about a week ago, uh, John Hamm hosted a charity poker event. Uh, included people like Don Cheadle. Um, uh, Hank Azaria, uh, Michael Ian Black, and a bunch, and our beloved Michael Sarah in a charity poker event. It was an online charity poker event. Each person was, you know, competing for it. Uh, and our, you know, Michael Sarah is the underdog. Everyone was making fun of him in the beginning, and he was winning the whole game. And then it was, it felt like a Michael Sarah movie. And then, like with like five minutes left on the clock, he lost, and he like he lost a big hand. And I think it was, um, I believe it was Michael Ian Black. I've, I'm not. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I, uh, but someone took the lead from him and he was down and then he got a beautiful hand and on the second to last hand, he just got it all back and then just folded on that final hand, sealing his victory. And uh, he ended up winning $20,000 for um, yeah, uh, first responders first. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be a bunch of medical supplies, a bunch of food, uh, day even even daycare. So it even covers like uh, Uber and Lyft pickups for like for uh, first responders that you know have kids in childcare and they have to try and like get them our kids in like elementary school and middle school stuff like that. Along with obviously obviously the medical supplies and the food. So that was it was actually a really cool video. Um, it was let's see. 
uh, BeGamblingAware.org that's sponsored. So you can go over to their website. They probably uh, can watch the whole event there. It was actually really fun. Uh, and, I, you know, it's just a cool event to see him, you know, little underdog, most unlooking poker short guy you've ever seen win a poker match win twenty thousand dollars uh for charity was just really cool so that's my uh, starting to look like what's his face the guy who played uh the kidnapper in the ted movies yes yes he is he is uh literally who he looks like right now in the hank's home game for charity mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's definitely getting a little bit of the uh weird you know creepy mountain man with you know the this the little like like whole like little spots that don't quite fit in the beard giovanni the, rabisi that's his name you know and uh but yeah so that's the michael sarah event for today again michael you are always welcome on the o show or on the jack and zach bet show we love you dearly but uh yeah that is my michael sarah moment of the week if you were to meet michael sarah it would be the one thing you'd say to him like if you had like one question to ask him i had a uh, one question to ask him um it would probably be more about how he transitioned from that. It's like, cause like, especially because when Superbad first came out, cause that was the movie that put him and Jonah Hill on the map. And he was alone. And Jonah Hill dealt with this in a different way as being like the fat guy, but he was still as like an awkward nerdy guy. But now like he's in a business entrepreneur. He does a bunch of like podcasting work. He does like a bunch of health stuff now. And I was just like, so especially in the, an industry like that, where people pin you down so much, obviously I don't deal with that to the like, same extent, but when like, in terms of obviously you have to change yourself, but like, how do you deal with like, and how do you overcome people pinning you into a box? And how do you like, let that ignore you and become your own self? Cause I think he, him and him, and especially Jonah Hill have done that better than anyone in terms of people that have been typecast and stuff like that. And they've recovered, cut those two have recovered more than anything. So I would ask, Again, again, uh, we're talking about Michael Sarah, but I would ask either one of those would be the number one question. Oh, I've I've always thought that Jonah Hill was the you know like quietly the most accomplished film person. Someone, oh yeah, for someone who again like typecasted out of the gate after Superbad and whether it be Twenty Two Jump Street or even mm -hmm. Moneyball, you could say yes, he was typecast yes. in the role that he played. He was right? it was a drama, but he was still very typecast. So it's still the same character, absolutely. So I, I, to me, he's sneakily one of the the most director even now actors. with mid nineties. Yeah. He's even be going in, into directing now. No, I agree, both of them. Uh, yeah, so that would be the question I would ask Michael. All right, enough of that. Again, Michael, you're welcome <laughs> on anytime. But uh, we've run out of time for Michael Sarah here on the Michael Sarah Halftime Report brought to you by BetOnline.ag yes. and Zachary Kelly. Let's uh, let's do some bets. Let, let's talk about some uh, NFL bets. It's week seven. Uh, you claimed to be the Oracle last week. Nearly uh, almost 80% of your bets turned out yeah, to be correct. Yeah, uh, I was, I, I was re-watching watching it, and it was uh, roughly about right. If I got all of the over-to-under spreads, I'd have to recheck my math, but I think I was about 70, between 76 and 78% if I did my math correctly in terms of all my uh, picks, uh, spreads, props, all of that. Uh, about So I was feeling pretty good about it, and I picked uh, – and some of them were pretty big, like the Cardinals – despite not having their coach even. We didn't even know Coach Cleansbury was not going to be there. And them still blowing out the Browns, just like I predicted uh, they would. That went great. Uh, so I'll actually talk about the two that I feel most proud of and the two that I feel least proud of in terms of this past week. So uh, the good games, Jacksonville over Miami. Jacksonville beating Miami. Uh, that was one that uh, I called. I called the, uh, I call it spread correctly. So I feel really good about that one. Uh, again, cards over the Browns. That one 
if you especially when Co- found out Coach Cliff Kingsbury wasn't be there, and the weather report of twenty mile per hour winds, and the fact that it was going to be really hard to throw the ball, and that uh, even with their backup running back in Cream Hunt, they didn't, Nick Chubb was hurt. Browns were still the way better uh, running game, or at least perceived better running game. So I was really happy with those two. Uh, the two that were a little disappointing, the two bets that uh, maybe looked like a little bit less like an oracle was the uh, Carolina over Minnesota because uh, rule to our audience uh, to forget uh, when games are that close because that was a uh, Carolina was I picked Carolina when they were a uh, plus one uh, underdog. Uh, the thing to remember is that when it's that close and a game goes to uh, overtime and the other team scores a touchdown, uh, you still technically lost the spread. They still technically yep. didn't even – so even though it was an overtime game and I picked Carolina to win, I lost doubly because they didn't win and they didn't even cover. So that one was pretty bad. That one was bad. And the other one that was bad uh, was my prop bet of Tom Brady throwing no INTs against that Eagles defense. He was a little reckless there. I mean, he still had a great game, but, uh, you know, he's it's almost like he's getting bored sometimes. Like he's just so – it so, comes so easy for him that he's getting bored. So – that was a bad prop bet. So those are, those were good and the bad uh, from last week. And uh, I got some interesting both picks and I think prop bets this week. So do you want to go first with uh, my games or do you want to go first with yours? I'll go first with mine because one of them you said it was just like an easy pick. You know, mm-hmm. like we were going through our stuff. I picked, obviously, the Cardinals have the spread. They're the under at 47 over the Houston Texans and mm-hmm. rightfully so, right? They're 6-0. and Heading into week seven, you got the the L.A. Rams breathing down your neck, even though you're having your best season in what feels like 15 years mm. since the Kurt Warner days. Yes. Um, Kyler Murray is living up to everything that they thought he would when they drafted him last year. Um, this is third year now. See, I got that wrong with Cam Newton, too. I thought he was, like, legitimately, yeah. like, five years in, and I forget how old I actually am. I think the problem is that you for is that – both those players, there's like players like Mahomes or like Herbert, because those he obviously sat for a year, but like with their first year starting is Octobat. Both Cam Newton and Kyler Murray had pretty bad first years as starters. So I think sometimes you're like, you don't even pay attention to like they're going to be, oh, this was the first year there was good. So that was their first year, right? So I don't blame you for that. But yeah, this is his, yeah, this is his third season now, I believe, his third season. Well, anywho, uh, the Cardinals have the spread at 17 and a half, and I, I, I bet the under on that. I say the Cardinals win in convincing fashion, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be that one hooligan out there that uh, believes Texans that the Texans are going to put up somewhat of a fight, and at the end, it's going to start to slip away from them, and Arizona's going to prevail. But I don't think they're going to crush Houston like the world thinks they are. Okay. Okay. So you're picking it with it like that Texans don't lose by more than 17. Okay. I respect that. You're picking the over under. You said it was, I think, 41 or to the point total on that. I think, Cameron, you said on that. Uh, 47. 47. I was going to go with the under. I'm going to go with the under. I agree with that one. All right. All right. And then uh, your New York Jets take on the New England Patriots, who are in a desperate need for a win after the Cowboys last them in overtime. Listen. The New England Patriots say what you want about Bill Belichick and everything that's going on since Brady left. You know, I've been very hypocritical. I think it is obvious yeah. who, who the mastermind behind that dynasty was now that you see it. Uh, the Patriots easily could have beaten the Dolphins. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They easily could have beaten the Cowboys this last week. They didn't. Right. They easily could have beaten the Buccaneers at home in Brady's return. And they didn't. 
and now they sit here at two and four, desperately needing a win. They're um, uh, the favorites. Uh, think about that. They're five and, and one in, in that scenario, under. though. So think about that, though. They could be five and one that easily. That's how close. That's how competitive the NFL is. You know, just three big mistakes in all those games. They're at two and four. I, I think you're just skeptical. I think you're just one of those New York Jets fans that just hopes and goes to bed every night hoping that the Oracle comes out of out of their ass and they they, they win the game. Uh, the New York Jets, um, they have the over at 42 and a half. Uh, the spread is seven and a half. I think the Patriots win in convincing fashion. Oh I think God, it's going to be the old school Patriots. Because uh, is, it, is it at MedLife or is it in Gillette? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in Gillette. I could be. Yeah, I don't. I don't give though. the Jets any chance here. Uh, I pick, I pick, I'm gonna go with the over. I'm gonna go with the over at 42 and a half. In this You're game. so rude. Our defense is not that bad. You're gonna pick us not even to cover and the over. That means you're predicting us to get blown. This out. is this. I know it's only week seven, but this is do or die for Bill Belichick. You really no, it is. It is. No, you're right. You're right. And they ate up Sam Darnold through four interceptions last time against Bill Belichick in their first meeting in the season. Uh, I think they'll cover, but uh, I'm with you, Jets win. And I don't think I'll, I would pick the under, but you know what? That's that's probably you just, just said I'm a with fan you, talking. Jets win. No, Jets. I don't think lo- we're on the same page. I meant Jets lose. My bad. I do think the Jets lose. Uh, I don't. Th- I think they cover. Maybe that's just the fan in me, but uh, I would bet on them covering. I don't think they're going to get lose by more than seven. But Zach Kelly, that is the most reasonable thing you have ever said. <laughs> and then your third game, third and final. The Green Bay Packers um, are the eight and a half point favorite against the Washington Football Team, the former Redskin program. Mm-hmm. Uh, the they're the under at forty eight and a half. Yeah, I think. Aaron Rodgers pops off offensively. I, I don't think that this is at all a heavyweight battle per se. I think this is a heavy mismatch and the green Bay Packers at home to at Lambeau. Mm-hmm. I, I I'd pick the over at 48 and a half. So you're picking the over and you're picking them to blow them out. So you're expecting yeah. the Packers to win by it was eight and a half. So you're expecting them by at least nine. Yeah. Then, by at least I, 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 think, I think that's, that's no brainer. Safe. No, I, I agree. I, I think there are problems that I have with the Packers, but Washington has way more. And at, and at Lambeau Field, they are so good. So I uh, and I think those are all solid picks. I think it was rude that you had to uh, predict my Jets getting blown out, especially as a Jersey boy uh, who, who used to root for the Jets. I feel very attacked and betrayed. But you know what? Solid picks all around. I don't Everyone think I leaves have. eventually. I, I, I'll give you props there, the fact that you stayed a Jets fan. It's been after uh, all these 10 years. years. 10 years, been a Jets fan. There were some, some highs, but uh, mostly lows. All right. I got my three right now. And uh, so first one is the uh, Colts versus the 49ers. Uh, Colts are uh, three and a half uh, point dogs. Uh, I am predicting them to not only uh, win, but uh, win by seven, so they won't. They all, the Niners won't even cover. Uh, so they Colts win by Colts. You know, solid, firm victory against the Niners. As good as that Niners defense is, Carson Wentz is finally coming into form. Formed for a couple of chokes on special teams and defense, the Colts would have beat the Ravens. The Colts were close against the Seahawks. The Colts, I think, are much better than their record would be. John Do and the Niners. I just don't trust Trey Lance as of yet. He's uh, again. I think he can be good later, but he is just such a raw prospect. And so 
there. And I'm picking the under. I don't think either t- – I think I do respect Niners' defense enough to where, like, they're not going to let Carson Wentz go all around them. So, do pick the under at 44. I'm picking the under for that. And then uh, prop bet uh, for this game is that both quarterbacks throw at least two interceptions. Both Trey Lance mm. and Carson Wentz throw two interceptions. And I think that, that was, one, like, the one mistake you made last week with Brady. You said yes, that he wasn't we talked about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I talked about that in terms of bad ones. But this – but I'm gonna be do making more of these because you know what, you know, is you, you know the solids that went to fold. I'm not folding up yet. Uh, so yeah, that one I'm making a prop bet on that one. Uh, two both quarterbacks or at least two interceptions. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that one's very very close. Uh, three and a half. Mm, yeah, it's not a huge, yeah. huge, huge one. I believe it is in. I believe it is on the road, which might which also might contribute. To, I believe the Colts are going to a uh, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, so it will be you know. Uh, on the road, but I don't think that'll matter too much, obviously. But yeah, so I think that'll be interesting. I think that'll be a good one. Uh, next game I have is uh, Bears versus Bucks uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, Bears are 12 and a half point dogs. So I do think the Bucks win, but I think the Bears cover just like the Eagles did. So same prediction I made last week that I got right with the Bucks and uh, Bucks and uh, Eagles, uh, Mickey with the Bucks and Bears, and about that same spread. I think Bears only lose by about six or seven. I don't, uh, even if they lose by 10, I think co- covering is still safe. Like, you know, a full two possession, even if it's a two possession game and the Bears just get that, uh, they hover. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the, uh, you may be surprised with this one. I'm going to go with the over at 47. Uh, I think Brady will uh, do well because he's Brady, but you know, he won't be uh, not like crazy, crazy, crazy. I was still very good numbers against a solid Bears defense, not necessarily a, elite in my opinion, but very solid. And then I don't know what happened to the Bucks defense of last year that destroyed Patrick Mahomes and should like shut down Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter in the NFC championship game. That pass, that secondary is horrendous. And Justin Fields looks like he's finally getting to a flow of things. Uh, I think that, that I'm taking the over on that game. So Bucks win. Bears do cover, though, and I'm taking the over uh, at 47 points. Yeah, that spread is a lot wider than I thought it would be. I know the Chicago's sucking wind, but I guess mm-hmm. they are in Tampa Bay. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I'd go with the over, too. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't be stunned to see that one be a total shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was I, I got the Bucks game completely right last time, so I think my dad has become a huge Bucks fan since Brady went there. So I've watched a lot. He's of become Bucks a games. huge fan of the Oracle Zachary Kelly. So, <laughs> so you I gotta feel live like, up to your reputation. Yeah, I feel pretty. Hopefully, this week is as successful as uh, last. Obviously, making less picks, but you know, uh, more you know gives it more more details on them though. Um, then my final game uh, for this week is. Uh, Raiders, uh, Raiders, uh, and Eagles, uh, Raiders are, uh, three point, uh, favorites. I think, uh, Eagles, I think Raiders, I believe in Derek Carr. I actually believe it or not. I think the John Gruden firing might actually make this team better. I feel like Derek Carr might finally get a sit up into leadership role. Obviously the assistant coach, uh, did well again, Broncos. I don't think Broncos is a very good team, but you know, you know, still so went against a solid division rival. Uh, Derek Carr looked brilliant. The assistant coach looked like they don't look like they're in shambles. That team, the Eagles are not amazing. Jalen Hurts is still hit or miss right now. So I think that uh, the Eagles don't cover. I think the Raiders win by at least 10. Uh, I'm picking the under at 49. I don't think uh, either team will muster up 
they each have to muster up at least 25 points each on average uh, to get that to get that over. So I'm picking the under on that one. I don't think both teams score that much. And then net last prop, uh, another prop bet for the to, to end uh, end this little part. Uh, I am picking. Uh, you just said I believe in uh, Derek Carr. Well, I don't think he's one of the least quarterbacks in the league. I feel like when he's confident, he's in a comfortable situation. Like I guess that Eagles defense, he really thrives. I think Derek Carr, my prop bet is Derek Carr throws at least three touchdowns with no interceptions. Mm, no interceptions, really. Mm, three touchdowns. I think that th- this could be one of those wishy-washy games. Like, I'm shocked that you picked this one because I, I don't feel safe about this one at all. It could go any direction. Uh, yeah, it's true. Like like I said, literally any direct, like you, you just said, like Jalen Hurts has been hit or miss. Like what if he hits and puts up 40 points or what if he misses and puts up three points? Mm-hmm. Where on the, the Las Vegas side, you say the same about Derek Carr. They have not been clicking that well. And no, they have, you know, start, but you know, rough since then. Yeah. That, that, that one, I'm going to be very excited to watch. Yeah. Uh, I guess you, the thing is, I, I know I picked riskier games, but uh, it's, you know, you have to you have to challenge Vegas in these things. Like if you keep picking, you know, uh, Bears, Bucks, like you know stuff like that, or some of the other ones, Vegas is okay with you getting those small victories because eventually they'll be the one upset. They'll just get it back, and you won't. Sometimes you have to go out on the limb. You have to challenge Vegas. So that's why I did, I did two two more heavy bets and then one close. But obviously I picked the Bears to at least cover. But you know even then that's still a safer safer bet so i think overall and some of the uh between that and the props you gotta challenge them a little have a little bit of a safety net for you so you're not losing too much but in order to to win you do have to challenge vegas you do have to you know uh get them where they think they're confident so i feel the pretty oracle good knows best yeah the hopefully, oracle knows best hopefully that wasn't like jalen hurts hopefully i'm not hit or miss and this is a big whiff but it was a great week one picking all the games hopefully these more select uh picks turn out uh just as well. And uh, before we uh, end the segment, uh, you see basketball NBA season has officially started and it's breaking uh, the game. So there's nothing to bet on, but I have one very bold prediction uh, for all of our viewers that I think you should make now uh, while the odds are in your favor before some of the signs that I think will start showing themselves. I uh, don't put it that way. Neither the Lakers nor the Nets make the NBA finals. Neither team makes the NBA Finals, nor the Brooklyn, nor L.A. Neither of those two teams make the Finals. And I don't know if go, that's as bold as you think it is. And then this is the second part of it. I think that's, I think that's pretty pretty bold. And then the second one no, I'm, uh, is I also say Lakers don't, don't even make it to the Conference Finals. Lakers don't make it past the second round either. That's my that's the second part. Those are the, those are the mm. three predictions that I have. Uh, uh, in terms of favorites of who getting there, I think Milwaukee has to be uh, the favorite uh, going in. They Giannis's jump shot's only gone better as he's practiced. Uh, West is a, West is a, is a shit show right now. It's just a, a bunch of really good but flawed teams. So I don't know what I want to see more of the regular season and how things go before I make a prediction there. But um, I'm really excited. The NBA is back. But those are my and we'll talk about it more as you know probably post Christmas when the actual, you know, season and games have stakes, you know, in this long eight game season, but those are my uh, big season long predictions. Uh, and I think, and then if you want an MV, early MVP prediction, uh, I think uh, Giannis actually wins it again. I think Giannis, Giannis he, uh, he took a one year break. I think Giannis gets his third MVP. Well, I'll be on the lookout for those. I don't think the Nets nor the Lakers making the NBA finals is that bold. 
They're both you, the Nets are the favorites. Really oh, to, they're both the favorites. They're both the favorites. So is, I is, is, said that they were the favorites last year too. But it's the combination of predicting neither. And here's the thing: is injuries. Is that the, is that the one thing? Is that's why I say make it now because I do agree with you that like oh well look at what happened as the season developed. That's why I say make those now, and that's why I'm giving this bet now. It's early in the NBA season is because placing it now is where you'll get the most because that's where people have the most, you know, short-term memory. That's where they forget what happened last season. That's where they forget how some of the other challengers to them, how impressive they were. So I think doing it while people, well, even Vegas clearly has short-term memory is your best bet because I agree with you. Like, you know, in if first one that's been for paying attention to the NBA, I don't think either of those, you know, while still like picking, you know, unfavorable things aren't like going out on a limb limb. I think Vegas right now and a lot of bet bet betting sites have that is going have that is going on a limb. So I would take advantage of that before those numbers change to more accurately reflect those two teams' odds. Interesting. Well, I'm definitely gonna be looking out on it not only just as a betting man, but just to see if you're wrong. Because you you gave yourself the nickname the Oracle after okay, getting eighty we percent we of your picks right. We, in week okay. One. Okay. Derek Henry was amazing. Was amazing and that was exactly what I told you would happen. I told you Derek Henry would run rough shot on the Bills. I don't care that they had the best defense. And Derrick Henry, 143 yards on 20 carries. I told you that, you know, I, I, I'm listening to my duds. I talked about the prop bet that missed. I talked about the Carolina-Minnesota game that missed. I was not anywhere close to 100%. I was, you know, wasn't even 80. I wasn't even 80. I wasn't even 90. But I was a very solid thing. And so, you know what? I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back, right? You know? Maybe this you week, took it on the chin, Zach, and I love it. I appreciate you. I yeah, appreciate that. you wearing my hat tonight. I appreciate <laughs> you wearing your Jimmy Buckets t-shirt. Yeah, Jimmy Buckets, baby. Kudos. Jimmy Butler. Woo. Tune in to NFL Thursday Night Football tonight. Again, the O Show is presented by BetOnline.ag. Earn a 50% welcome bonus up to $1,000 on your first ever deposit at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code capital B O L. 1000 that's capital B O L 1000 to earn your extra 50% and it will be added to your sports book betting bankroll instantly with a couple of those uh, key perks being a minimum deposit of $55 uh, re- required to qualify for the bonus and of course the free play allows you to earn um, for the sports book that cannot be used um, for the race book, casino, poker, live betting, the free play you earn are for the sports book only. But again, that promo code is capital B O L 1000 to earn your extra 50% using uh, that code and that bonus code for betonline.ag. This was Jack and Zach's sports bet show of the week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.